Hey there, welcome to this episode of the Podcast Manager Show. You're in for a treat because we are talking to Lisa Coombs about Upwork and if it is a good platform for podcast managers to use to find clients. Now, if you are not familiar with Upwork, this is a job board that freelancers can use to connect with potential clients. And it's actually part of my story on how I got started as a freelancer, but I didn't have a lot of great success on Upwork. That was many moons ago. So I wanted to bring Lisa on to share how she has successfully built a multi-six-figure copywriting business using Upwork and really to get an idea if this is a good idea for us podcast managers to use. Lisa gives us some great insights on if Upwork is something that you should go all in on. I also wanted to remind you that you can now watch the show on YouTube. So if you have not yet, head over there and you can actually watch this interview between Lisa and I. Or if you're like, hey, I'm not a video podcast type of person, that's totally fine. You can hang out with me here on audio only. Either way, this episode is going to be great for the new year with new goals, fresh energy, and for those of you who are ready to start and scale your podcast management business. So without further ado, let's go talk to Lisa. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Lisa, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, I am so excited to be here and talk to your group. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Whenever I stumbled upon you, I believe it was on Instagram, I, I saw, I was like, wow, she is talking to freelancers about landing clients on Upwork. This is really interesting. I've got to have her on my show. So thank you so much for being here. And I'm excited to talk about Upwork. Happy to talk about it. I know a lot of people come at Upwork with uh, maybe some skepticism or doubt. Some people have horror stories. Every now and then you find somebody that's, you know, crushing it and you just wonder how the hell they're doing it. So there's a lot of uh, different perspectives on Upwork. So um, I like to just kind of do some baseline work on like what it is and, and how it can work for you. And I also talk about how it's not for everybody. So I'm excited to get into that. Yes, yes. So before we do, let us know, how did you start working online? Okay, great question. So the truth is that I started way, way back when, when my kids were very, very little. So this is back in 2008. Uh, Upwork didn't exist. It was a, it was a platform called Elance. And mm -hmm. I had a three-year-old and a three-month-old. And I thought it'd be a great idea to work from home. <laughs> and so I got online and I typed in virtual assistant and a platform called Elance came up. And this was kind of way back where people weren't really sure what a virtual assistant was. Uh, I figured out how to upload a photo. I mean, this is before iPhone days. So upload a photo, put my description, started searching for jobs. And I don't know, three or four days, uh, three or four hours later, I was applying to jobs and getting on calls with people. Like it happened that quick. So um, I did that for a few years. And then as my kids grew up and I moved away from it, started doing other things. And so I would say the story really picks up um, about five years ago. 
and I was working full-time and left a full-time job thinking I would get another amazing full-time job. And in the meantime, I hopped on Upwork just to, I don't know, write some blogs, write some emails. I just, I knew I was good at writing and I, but I was waiting for the dream job. I sent out 20 resumes, 20 cover letters. I thought, oh, I'll get hired. No problem. And a week went by and I heard nothing. Another week went by. I heard nothing. I live in Los Angeles. Like if there's not a job in Los Angeles, I'm like, where am I going to find one? And it was about the third week that I woke up with like that, like punch to the gut. There's nobody coming to rescue you. Like there is nobody handing out cubicles and offices and 401ks and healthcare. Like, girl, you better, you better pick yourself. Like Mm -hmm. this is it. And so I had that moment where I kind of drew a line in the sand and I said, I'm a freelancer. I don't really know what this is. Um, At the time I didn't know what a copywriter was. I didn't call myself a copywriter. I just said blogs and emails And basically, uh, this is on Upwork, I just worked as hard as I could to get paid to write. And anybody who asked me to write something for them, I just said yes. I just kept saying yes, I kept saying yes, and kept saying yes. So that's how I I got my initial start, you know, finding traction, I guess, on Upwork. Yeah. Now, whenever you're in that moment of, okay, you know, I just hired myself because I had to, did it feel like you had options? It felt like that was the option. Yeah. So for me, I was a a newly divorced, so single mom of three kids, and they were 11, 7, and 6. And all of a sudden, I literally had to pay the bills. Um, I work with a lot of freelancers today, and a lot of them, uh, let's just say a lot of them are women, and a lot of them have the luxury. Maybe their husband works, or they um, want to do something, or they're excited to do something, but it's a nice to have or this would be fun. And sometimes I think that's harder. I think it's harder when you have a plan B or C or you can, you know, it doesn't really matter. But if you lost your job in the pandemic, or you decided you had to stay home, or you have a sick kid or a parent or whatever, and you you have to make money, everything changes. Mm -hmm. Totally. Blinders on and there there's no options here. And so that was my case. I don't wish that on anybody. But it certainly served me in terms of focus. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you got on Upwork. Yeah. You, you you had a familiarity about Upwork because you had used Elance and Upwork bought Elance. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So then did you stumble upon the word copywriter? Did you like when did okay, you own so that? Here, yeah. Here's here's how it happened. Um, I would write blogs and emails for clients and then I would be on their website and I'm like, this is awful. And then I tell them, I was like, this is awful. Like we're writing emails and we're sending you here and like, do you want me to fix this up? And they're like, Yeah. And over and over and over again, I offered to fix people's websites. And I realized I'm good at this. And then a client said, well, that's what a copywriter does. And I was like, okay. I went on to to Upwork and I changed my title. And that's what's so awesome about Upwork. You don't need to be certified. It's, It's good and bad. You don't need to be certified. Nobody has to give you approval. You know, you don't have to go to school for it. I was like, I'm a copywriter. And I was like, okay. I read a fabulous book by Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand. And I took everything from that book and I applied it to my clients and it worked. And I thought, this is fabulous. So my first year, um, as much as I sound clueless, my first year I did $125,000. Amazing. Wasn't a copywriter, wasn't certified, kind of figuring out. I had a lot of clients. I had 50 clients. Here's why I think Upwork is so amazing. For all its things that are not great about it, 
it's one of the only places you can find hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of opportunities. To get 50 clients my first year, I probably had to talk to 400 of 400 people to get 50. Where are you going to find 400 leads? Mm-hmm. Certainly not your Instagram and certainly not on LinkedIn. There is no way you're getting 20 or 30 um, opportunities a month coming in. It's just not happening. So the platform is just sheer volume. And so when you're trying to get started or you're trying to figure out who you are, what you do and how you say it, you want to have a lot of people to kind of like try that out on or test that out, right? It's an absolute numbers game when you're first getting started. So you got to go where the numbers are. And that at the time, and actually to this day, Upwork is still the number one platform for where potential clients are hanging out. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things that you know we hear negatively about Upwork is that the rates are low. So can you give us some kind of like insider perspective on that? Like the mindset of the person who's hiring, is it different than elsewhere? Okay, fabulous. Really great question. I believe that human beings are the same whether they're on Indeed, LinkedIn, Instagram, or Upwork. You're going to have people, potential clients that are looking for the cheapest, fastest, low rate work. Just like people who want to shop at the dollar store instead of Target versus Nordstrom Rack versus Nordstrom. You just have those people that have that mindset, right? They're everywhere. They're not just on Upwork. But I also believe you're going to have mid-range and then you're going to have top-tier clients. How did I figure that out? Because when you're pitching somebody and you're talking to them about their business and you know that what you're going to deliver is going to make them money or that they're making a lot of money. Clients who make a lot of money come to Upwork. They really only have a couple options. Let's say three. If somebody's looking, uh, I do website copywriting. If someone needs to redo their website, you're like, wow, I need to redo my website. Who's going to help me? So ask around and maybe you have a friend or family member, but that's 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 an in-person thing. The second is you'd go to an agency. Well, we all know agencies are going to rob you blind, $20,000, $40,000 to do a website, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the third is to go to a freelancing platform like Upwork. So I believe that, that well-paying and really great clients do use Upwork. I know because I've worked with them. I've also met them. I've had several of them become dear friends. Um, I've met them in person. They're just lovely souls. So I know that people that are doing well in business, willing to pay top dollar, do use Upwork. So that's that's the, the key that I know. The second is if you are pitching yourself as a low rate, $20, $25, $30 an hour, you're going to attract those that are looking for that. And in fact, your ideal client is not is not is going to pass you by if you're too low. They're going to be like, oh, that's probably not for me. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be on Upwork and see people charging $95, $100, $200 an hour. The thing you want to know on Upwork is that just because you have to put an hourly rate doesn't mean you have to work by the hour. So good. Go and look at my my profile. I haven't worked by the hour in four years. Everything is project basis. So my hourly rate is $90 on Upwork. I don't charge $90. I work probably closer to $500 an hour. So my projects are five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars, and people are paying that. And so, what's cool about Upwork is that when you finish a project, 
the work that you did, the testimonial they gave, and the dollar amount they spent goes on your profile so people can mm. see what other people have paid you. So when people come to my profile now, they see, oh, it costs six, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars to work with Lisa. That's how much I should be ready to pay. Mm-hmm. It's a really great way to filter out clients that are like, oh, that's too much, or other ones that are like, yeah, that's my budget. So she must be one for me. Yeah, and just this the social proof of that is so incredible. Like a testimonial, obviously, very important in what we do, but just being able to see, oh, someone paid her this year that amount of money, just that that clicks in the brain and says, okay, yeah. And she got a testimonial. She's the gal. And here and here's the the link to the proof. What what I think again, I, I know I'm singing the praises of Upwork. It doesn't it could be another platform. What I love about it is the transparency of what did you work on? Who was the client? What got delivered? What did they say? And how much did they pay? So a prospective client looking doesn't have to get on a call with you to find out how much it might be to work with you. When people get on a discovery call with me, because it's really important, you should never just take a job off of Upwork. You always have to get on a call with them. They have seen the work I've done. They've read my description. They've watched my video. They've got my cover letter. They see how much it costs to work with me. Don't you think that is a qualified potential lead? If they know all that and they get on a discovery call, really, it's a done deal. So you save a ton of time with the, so tell me about what you do and how much does it cost? It's which is so awkward. And I think a lot of freelancers don't like that sales part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you said earlier that, you know, you you probably talked to 400 people that first year when you landed five, 50 clients, that 400, was it, I'm assuming, that connecting with them and applying, it wasn't actually getting on calls with them? No, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that it took me that many. Um, probably 150, maybe 150 calls um, to, to get my numbers up that high. Uh, it's a numbers game. And when you do it long enough, then you know what your your closing rate is and all of that. And so you go, oh, okay, I know my what my closing rate is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not for the faint of heart. If you're looking for one great client, I honestly say, don't waste your time. It's a mm-hmm. lot of work, right? But if you're looking for three, four, five clients, or maybe you want to um, offer a low cost, like way to get started with you, maybe it's a audit or a strategy or, hey, let me lay out what it would be like to you know get your podcast started, then you can upsell them into managing as a podcast manager. So you don't have to sell the whole kit and caboodle on Upwork. You could sell something that people um, think they need, clients think they need to get started as a way to connect with them. Think of it like online dating. And then you can decide if it makes sense to work longer on a retainer basis going forward. Yeah, I love that suggestion. Now, do you personally pull people off of Upwork eventually? Or is it is this like a sh- don't don't we shouldn't record this? <laughs> <laughs> OK, so how I answer that um, is that there are many opportunities for you to um, I have found to share my name, my business name, my link to my website, my social media. You can Google me. I share blog posts. I share videos, everything that allows people to find me in other places. And so while we might connect on that platform, I don't go chasing clients off the platform, but clients may find me 
in other ways. So, um, and I'll always ask, oh, how did you find me? Oh, I saw you on Upwork, but I did some research and, you know, I came through the back door. So that's that's how I explain that. I never recommend getting started on Upwork and pulling people off the platform. It is just not ethical. It, it will backfire on you. If a client tries to take you off the platform, it's a red flag. So mm-hmm. um, I would say half and half of my business yeah. is on there and then the other half isn't. Yeah. So you're saying that working with someone and trying to pull them off, that's not ethical. But if they, if they like find you and see you on Upwork and then they do their research and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And those are great clients, actually. The ones that take the time to kind of go hunt you down and go, wow, I checked out your this and that. So it does help to have an online presence. Um, when people are just getting started, I teach that you don't need anything. Upwork literally builds in everything you need, a homepage website, a portfolio, payment, testimonials, like everything you need is on there. Uh, it's free. Or if you pay 15 bucks a month to be like a pro user, right? that that is a really low marketing cost to have a place to point people to. And even when you have a website um, or you have other places people can find you, because of the fact that when you get clients and it shows how much they've paid you, I like to point people to that as a way to kind of give them an indication of, um, and I, I'm, I'm speaking here, Lauren, to like, uh, maybe more advanced freelancers. So Upwork is a great place to get started. But if you're doing well and you want to find like those really awesome clients that are paying really well, I actually believe Upwork is a really, really great place for that. And so you want to uh, use it strategically as social proof, but also to qualify people before you even kind of get on calls with them. Yeah, that's actually what I wanted to ask was, yeah. you know, for someone who's in the, you know, been in business for a year, let's say they've worked with 10 people, they've got testimonials, but none of that was on Upwork they can get started on Upwork. They don't have to start at the bottom, the bottom or anything like that. No, because Upwork allows you to pull in um, testimonials from off the platform. All of the portfolio can be pulled in off the platform. So you have a portfolio section. You are going to start with like, um, you know, a zero, not not a zero rating, but like no score. There's a score Mm -hmm. that they give people. Yeah, you're going to start. And it, it is hard to get started. But what I like to tell people who are experienced but new to Upwork is that in your messaging, so I'm a copywriter and I teach freelancers what to say on top of like where to say it and how to say it. I'm like, what to say it would be, hey, um, I am, uh, I might be new to Upwork, but I'm not new to podcast managing. Here's the clients I've worked with, you know, or in a cover letter when you apply to a job would be the same thing. Um, I might be getting started on Upwork, but here's my 15 years experience, my 10 years, my four years experience working with clients, Right. You're, you're actually getting, Mr. Client, you're actually getting a really great deal as I build my profile on Upwork. So maybe you lower your price a little bit, you know, to get some gigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said earlier about doing a project rather than possibly ongoing management, that's when you can you can lower your price for a project yeah. and the project is completed. It's not necessarily lowering your monthly management prices, which then you're, you know, you're, you have to cons- be consistent with until you raise your price. Yes. Upwork allows you to um, really showcase your work in multiple, multiple ways. One is just you are there as a freelancer and people can hire you. Um, the other is you can offer a consultation. So maybe a consultation is 30 minutes, 60 minutes, or 90 minutes, and you get to set the, the pace. Maybe it's 250 bucks for half an hour or $500 for a one-hour consultation, right? Mm. Um, so that's what I would call a paid lead generator. 
it's a small paid project, right? The other one is uh, kind of like Fiverr. And I don't really want to get into all the details because it would be confusing. But on Fiverr, you offer a set project with set deliverables and people literally click a button and buy now. They don't get on a call with you. They, you don't send a proposal. You're very clear about what you're going to do. So an example would be, I do a website review. I will go to your website. I will review it. I'll give you notes and it costs this much. Mm -hmm. And then if you want recommendations or me to do some copywriting, it costs this much. And people can click it, buy it and pay. So I think Upwork does allow you to showcase yourself in many ways. It also is really important to understand that Upwork is a really giant search engine. Mm -hmm. right? So like Pinterest is a search engine, not just like a pretty place for pictures. When you have a, a project, when you have a catalog, when you're on there and somebody searches podcast manager, you'll pop up every time. It's And if you're very strategic about how you put your title and the words and your keywords in your description, um, it's, it makes it easy for people to find you faster. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, that's, you know, people are using Instagram in that way, but it's so much muddier because it's a social media channel. You, you know, it's there's so much going on. And and so I can only imagine if if people are being successfully found on Instagram, then sh imagine when it's an actual search engine. <laughs> so I discovered very early on that I did not like promoting myself on social media. Um, first of all, people didn't really know what a copywriter was. It was kind of weird. Um, I didn't like talking about it. Uh, I have three kids. We travel a lot. I'm into fitness and health. Like I want to talk about that stuff. Right. And mm -hmm. that's what people want to see. It always just felt weird. I felt icky every time I was like, Oh, by the way, I, you know, I do this. And so when I discovered the power of Upwork and that, you know, 98% of my clients and my income came from that platform. I never had to promote on social media again. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying Upwork is a social media platform, but it is truly like a platform where you can get all of your clients and keep those two things separated. Yes, now and then I will let people know. But if I'm honest, I don't even like getting clients from social media anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't really know what I do. They don't really know how much it costs. They're like, oh, somebody said you do this. And I'm like, Ugh. people on Upwork have their wallets out. They wrote a job post. They jumped through four or five or six hoops to as a client to get on there, figure out what they want, go look at profiles. I'm like, you, you've done your homework. Mm -hmm. And now we're just figuring out if it's a good fit or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I just can imagine this is music to the ears of people that I, I talk to all the time that don't love social media, don't like putting it. They feel like they've got to put themselves out there. They overthink it. And, you know, in like even the privacy of it, right? Like you want to talk about your personal life on social, you know, you like having a private profile is great. You know, that that if you're I can imagine like that, that person is probably like, oh, yes, tell me more. Yeah. And then. Also, like the idea of social media, landing a client on social and them not really knowing what you do. It's kind of like if you go to Thanksgiving and someone's like, oh, my friend wants to start a podcast. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to talk to them. No. <laughs> Please don't connect yeah. us. <laughs> People, my mom's always like, oh, Lisa builds websites. I'm like, mom, I don't build websites. <laughs> I don't do websites. OK, I write the words for websites, you know, and this and that. Like, oh, OK. So yes. it is. it can be really funny that way. And I do think. One of the many things that I like about Upwork is that it's a platform that allows you to um, pivot 
test your messaging, test your product mm-hmm. pricing, because you have so many opportunities to apply to jobs or get on calls. or do, You can see what's working and what's not working. Upwork allows you to have two profiles. So one of my profiles is copywriting and another is brand strategy. So sometimes mm. people just want help with the strategy of what they want to say, but they don't want to write the words. And so they can toggle between the two things that I do. Maybe you're a virtual assistant and you want to be a podcast manager. You could put both of those on there and you won't miss out on some gigs, but then people will see you also. What I encourage freelancers to do is if you want to get into a new kind of niche or you want to branch out, keep your main profile as what you really are and then have that specialized one. And then when you apply to jobs that are like maybe new to you, like podcast manager, you have a profile that is set up to kind of prove that's what you want to do (laughs) or Mm -hmm. that you could do without having to sacrifice the fact that you still need your, your main income from, you know, being a virtual assistant. Yeah, I love that they have that. That that mm-hmm. kind of surprises me. And, yeah. But it's so natural. Like you said, like as freelancers, we're always pivoting. We're always, you know, we're always testing. We learn something new with a client. We move in this direction. We learn something new. We move in that direction. So yeah. the ability to update and change and morph is so important. Now, I know that Upwork takes a percentage out of mm-hmm. your 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 fee. So how do you compensate for that maybe? Okay, great question. Um, there's two ways that, well, three ways that Upwork gets paid. The first is if you uh, are a member. So if you are a pro user, they only have two is the free version and the pro version. And the pro version's, I don't know, 15 bucks a month. And it gives you some like 80 connects, which is how you bid on jobs. Um, and there's a couple other benefits of it, right? Um, so that's one. And then the second is whenever you get a gig, they charge now a, just a flat 10% fee, period. It used to be 20%. And then if you earned enough, it would go down to 10 and then it would go down to five. Most freelancers never hit the threshold. They were always doing cheap jobs under $1,000. So they were getting whacked at 20% every time, which is a little hefty. You know, if it's a $1,000 gig, you know, you're only getting, what is that, $800 out of that? You're like 200 mm-hmm. bucks off. Ooh. Um, now it's a flat 10%. So here's the way I look at it. And I'm pretty harsh with my community when they start complaining about fees. I'm like, listen, this is a business. You are running a business. This is a business expense. How do you expect to go onto a platform that will host your profile, your portfolio, take your payments, give you exposure to hundreds, if not thousands of clients for free? Get Mm -hmm. out of here get out of here. Like you just, you are not, your head's not in the game. So to pay 10%, right. So that you can land these clients. The cool thing is they don't take it until you make the money. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So they're, yeah, they're, they're putting their, their money where their mouth is. Like they're saying, you know, we can't guarantee that you're going to land a client, but we're not going to take money from you until you do. So that, that is, that's where, that's what we want. Yeah. Is to not have to pay until we're making money. Yeah. So it's the cost of getting a lead. Um, and if you can get leads on Instagram or LinkedIn, do it. If you only need one client, you know, or two clients and then you're set, don't, don't go, don't bother. Like don't, don't, you know, because there is an absolute learning curve with Upwork, just like there's a learning curve with Instagram and the algorithm with, you know, uh, LinkedIn and the algorithm. If you're not on there every day, if you're not active, if you're not responding, liking, engaging, whether you're on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, if you are not showing that platform that you are spending time there, they're not going to pay attention to you and 
show you jobs or show you to clients. So Upwork, I I wish we could figure out the algorithm, but then they would just change it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why we see certain jobs. I don't know why certain freelancers are shown to certain clients. I don't know. But I do know from enough anecdotal evidence, um, I've got about 7,000 freelancers in my community. So we talk about this a lot. The more active they are every day, 20 minutes a day, just popping on there, looking at jobs, liking jobs, saving jobs. Absolutely. They will tell you I'm getting invitations. Uh, I'm getting seen more, more better jobs are popping up for me. So a lot of people just get bored or they get disappointed or they're impatient. And if two weeks they don't land a client, they're like, this doesn't work for me. Yeah. Hey, before we continue with this episode, I wanted to ask you something. If there was a way that you could make $5,000 per month as a podcast manager without taking on a million clients, is that something that you'd be interested in? If so, I have great news for you. We have a brand new masterclass that teaches you how you can make $5,000 per month as a podcast manager without taking on a million clients. In this class, we are covering the skills and the systems that every podcast manager needs to know to land high-paying clients so that you can make $5,000 per month and beyond. You'll also learn the mistakes that I was making and I see podcast managers continue to make that keep them from profit. So if you are nodding your head, yes, tell me more, Lauren, then go to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass to get a seat in the masterclass this week. You can find that link in the show notes. I'll see you there. What do you recommend for someone that's like, I really like the sound of this. I'm willing to put in the time. What is that time? What is that general time frame? Let me start with this, um, which is who's Upwork for and who is it not for? Because that will help. And then we can talk about what the time frame is. Um, Upwork is for anybody who has clients already, who is a freelancer, who knows they're a freelancer, um, maybe has a process, has some testimonials, has a, we'll call it a portfolio, meaning they've worked with people in the past um, and kind of knows what their pricing is. Woof. Upwork is great. Okay. So yes, you have the learning curve of a new platform, but you're coming knowing like who you are. Um, if you're transitioning out of corporate, or maybe you worked at an agency as a podcast manager, and now you want to go out on your own, um, or you work at an agency as a website designer, and you want to go out on your own, that's another great one because you have the experience. Um, maybe you have some portfolio pieces, you've got some testimonials. I think it's really hard for people who are brand new to freelancing. I think I want to be a podcast manager. I'll go on Upwork and see if I can find my first client. No, 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 no. Beg, borrow and steal. Start your own podcast. Do whatever you need to do to get some experience because there's nobody on Upwork that's going to take a chance on you. They're just Mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. And if they did, they would pay you nothing and they'd be a really bad client. Like who wants a client? that's willing to hire somebody who's never done this before. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to timeline, um, it really is important that you have a profile that is set up properly, it has the right messaging on it, right? We'll just call it optimized. A lot of people get on there and it's like their LinkedIn bio and they just like slap a bunch of stuff up there in a picture and they're like, okay, it's good to go. Mm. It's, it's gotta be a good profile. 
your cover letter when you apply it has to have certain elements. It has to speak to the person. It has to be person. So your cover letter has to have a couple things. You really need to have some videos, an intro video or do a loom video, right? You need to have a portfolio you can point to. So when you get those two or three things lined up, then I can give you a timeline because there's been people that have been at this for six months. Lisa, I applied to a hundred jobs. I haven't heard back from any of them. I'm like, let me see your profile. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I wonder, right? So yeah. you have to make sure you're doing the right things first. Then you have to do enough of the right things. So mm. people are like, I applied to three jobs and I haven't heard back. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. How about 20? 20. <laughs> oh, yes. Apply to 20 before you hear back. Okay. And then long enough, meaning six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, because You've got to get the machine going for you. Got to get the momentum mm-hmm. going for you. Upwork is certainly not going to favor somebody who joins the, 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 you know, the platform and the next day, oh, you're going to land a client. Maybe, maybe not. And I don't yeah. think Upwork, they're not like big brother where they're in there and they're saying yes to you and yes to you. They're not like that, but it's going to be a little bit harder for you to get traction in, in the first couple of weeks. So. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of thinking about this in relation to other platforms where you have to plant seeds yeah. and and wait for that to come to fruition. Now, this isn't necessarily like you talk to someone and they come back, which I'm sure happens. Yes. But it's more it's more like training that algorithm, like you said, that hey, I'm here, I'm interested, show me things. And yeah. one thing of just that that keeps coming to my mind is that like sometimes we're told like, oh, it's so easy to make money online. Just get online, just do this and it it's sold to us that it's easy. And it is a beautiful opportunity. And that's probably why it's sometimes presented as easy. But yeah, it, you, you do have to put in yeah, the work and, and setting aside 20 minutes a day. I mean, surely that's that's possible. Yeah, I, I think so. One of the things that my freelancers tell me um, about the discipline of making sure their messaging is correct, their pricing is correct, their portfolios, like all the check, t- checking all the boxes for Upwork, it makes them better, their best practices for applying or working with people off the platform too. So when you get to, you know, hey, here's the best practice or the, the, the top standard for applying to jobs that are cold. You don't know these people. They don't know you. Like, you know, it's like online dating, right? You got to optimize your profile. You got to know how to hook people. You need to know how to like engage, like just like online dating. And that takes a while to kind of figure out what that is. It's like you really need, I think about it like even like with Facebook ads, if you've ever put Facebook ads out, your first week, your Facebook ads, mm-hmm. they just don't quite hit the right audience. The messaging isn't quite right. Any Facebook ads manager is going to tell you, listen, we got four to six weeks to like kind of figure this out and tweak it before we we figure out one. So when you land your first client Upwork, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What did I do right? Okay, yeah. what were all the things that I did right? Do that again and again and again and again and again, right? Yeah. So you just don't have that opportunity on Instagram or on LinkedIn. I just don't know where you're going to find the chance to test out or try out your pitch. And so a lot of people will take the training I do or the things I get and they'll use it off platform too. Mm -hmm. Um, It just makes them a better freelancer. Here's the biggest challenge. I find that people that go into freelancing, they love what they do. 
Copywriters tell me all the time, I love copywriting. I didn't get into it to get on discovery calls and send proposals. Like I didn't know I'd have to do so much work to do the work that I want to do. And I'm like, listen, I hate to break it to you, but you're, you're an entrepreneur. This Mm -hmm. is how it works. You have two choices. You either do the work and get good at it or go work for somebody else. Like white label yourself. Nobody says you have to be in sales, but if you don't get good at selling yourself or pitching yourself, you are going to struggle. And I think a lot of freelancers resist it. They don't like it. They try to avoid it. And then they wonder why their business is struggling. And it's because they haven't embraced the fact that, ooh, first I have to sell myself before I get to do the work I really want to do. Yeah. Just saying like, hey, this is part of it. And like, there's all these benefits of being an entrepreneur, right? There's all these amazing things that attract us to being an entrepreneur. Um, But there's also like costs, I suppose, or just parts of the deal. And yeah, the biggest difference with being an entrepreneur and being an employee is that you have to go find the people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So here we are. (laughs) But then here's here's the thing. So let's flip that because there's there's two sides to everything. My community is called Full Thrive, not full time. I call it Full Thrive because... The guardrails are we find clients we like, do work that we love on our own schedule and get paid what we're worth. That is my checklist for working with a client. Do I like them? Do I like the project? Like, am I interested in the work they're doing? Do I get to run the show? I'm the one who says, this is how we're going to do it. And I get to set the price. When those all line up, I'm like, "This this is a winner, right? So I think that's so important when you're an entrepreneur. Remember, you get to pick the client. Mm-hmm. They, they don't pick you. Well, you shouldn't have that mentality. And then also you can change your price. If you've got some experience, you've got a portfolio, you've got some testimonials, you should be raising your price with every client just a little bit to get in the practice of going, what I deliver is more valuable than the last time I delivered it to a client, mm-hmm. right? You can't do that in a job. You don't just yeah. get to change your price whenever you want to. Yeah, oh, so, so true. Yeah. Now- I love that you brought up that like you're in the controller seat because I think that's one thing that, you know, if you get on a a site like anything like Upwork, it naturally kind of encourages you to like sit back. Don't don't you think? So like you clearly take the approach of, hey, I'm in business and I'm I'm looking for the right projects to work on. Oh, this is my favorite thing to talk about when I talk about freelancing, whether you're on Upwork or not. Um, Because... Too many freelancers are new-ish to the space or new to kind of trying to figure out, am I in the right place? Am I good enough? They're trying to validate themselves, right? And so they have a mentality of pick me, pick me. Yes, I can do it. Or I'll do a great job. Or I'd love to work with you. And even you can feel my energy is like a little needy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's out of the people pleasing, like, oh, it would be so great to work with you. I'm the perfect fit for this job. It's like, ugh. Like nobody wants to work with that. I don't think, right? You can be friendly without being, you know, a people pleaser. So mm-hmm. the way I describe it is the difference between going into a restaurant and sitting down and a waiter coming over and handing you a menu and you say, okay, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this and I want to pay this much and this and that. And the waiter goes away and comes back like, no, I didn't like that. I want this and this. So you're a waiter. I believe freelancers should get to aspire to, or can even from the very beginning, be the type of person when the customer comes in and sits down, you walk out and you say, I have prepared a fabulous three-course meal. You're going to eat this. 
and then you're going to eat this, and then you're going to love the dessert I've prepared for you. And it costs five times more than what you would have picked off the menu, and you're going to love it. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're the chef, not the waiter. And how many of us love that experience and clients love it when they're not micromanaging another project or trying to direct somebody else? So I try to teach freelancers to sit in the seat of the guide, of the specialist, of the expert. And the way you do that is by taking control from the very beginning by letting people know, I want to make sure it's a good fit on both sides. There's so many different ways you can just add this in. I only work with two clients a month, you know, so um, before we work together, I want to make sure it's a good fit for me and for you. Whoa, that's not needy, right? That's not desperate. Yeah, I love that analogy. And you're speaking our language, but I love that analogy because I think, you know, after we've worked with some clients and they have not necessarily the clients run the show, but the client has made some of the choices when we're like, I knew better. And I wanted them to, let's say, launch their show with multiple episodes, but they were set on launching with only one episode or something like that. We get kind of frustrated that like we have less control and we want we want to recommend what our clients should do. So it's like if you're a chef and you know, hey, my steak is that's my best meal. You don't don't order the chicken. The yes. steak is, is what you want. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes, like as a the consumer, you're like, yes, tell me, tell me what I should do. Tell me what the best thing is because I'm here with a problem. I'm hungry. <laughs> okay, so yeah. this is how I, I paint the picture. Um on Upwork, I have been a a client hiring people. So I've been on the other side. So a lot of this comes from I know what it's like to post a job and get 20 people applying and feel overwhelmed. And so I have empathy for clients. I think new freelancers, whether you're on Upwork or not, you think that the client really knows. They really know what they want. They really know how much it's going to cost. Like you, for some reason, you default to be like, well, the client must know. Like they're the boss. Mm -hmm. I'm the employee. It's still that mentality. They're the adult in the room and I'm just here to like take orders. And we as freelancers have to start with like, oh, no, 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 no. These poor business owners are overworked, overwhelmed, like worried. They want to start a podcast, but they're just like keeps them up at night because they don't know how to do it. They try to do it. They ruined it. They don't want to DIY it. They're like very self-conscious themselves. Mm. So if you don't come in, they say in the absence of leadership, like when there's a vacuum, someone is going to step in. Mm -hmm. We need to do that. And if you have had at least one client, two clients, you actually are the expert because your potential client has never run a podcast, right? Like you're the one that knows better than they do. So you need to remind yourself of that. And you can't say this in a kind way. You can lead people without having to prove yourself, but you have to first sit in that seat of like, okay, they need help. And I'm the best one to help them at this point. The other thing I like to tell freelancers is that clients really don't like interviewing 10 or 20 or 30 freelancers. Mm -hmm. They just don't. When they find, I've had clients that have found me that are like, you know what? Good enough. I like you. Let's do this. I'm like, is that a compliment or are you tired <laughs> yeah. of it? Uh, it doesn't matter, okay? It no, doesn't like, matter. You showed up, you're here. I like what, let's just do this. And there are so many times I know I've won the won the gig just because I showed up, I spoke mm. good English, I showed up when I said I would, I communicated clearly. So there are so many ways that you can, so I, that's how you fight imposter syndrome. 
Maybe you're brand new at podcast managing. Maybe you're kind of like finding your feet in it. But are you a good person who cares about clients, who shows up, who communicates clearly, who says what they're going to do? That is half the battle. A lot of clients just want to work with somebody they can like count on. Yes. Yes. It's so true. Just like those basics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we think like we have to be like unique and like divert. Like we just have to like have it all, whatever it is. And it's like, no, if you like if you're like consistent, show up, just like you said, like those things. There's a lot of people that aren't doing those things or that are like sending in like the same message to everyone. It's not customized. And you can feel that as the, you know, as the interviewer, it's like there's so many people that are trying to rush through this. And so when you're intentional and you show up in all of those good things, it's like you are actually setting yourself apart. Yes. I hate to say the bar is very low. It's not very low, but it's lower than you think. Mm -hmm. And it's our own overthinking or, oh, I'm not ready or I don't, I'm not qualified to apply for that job. I love on Upwork for 60 cents, God's sakes. You can apply to a job that you're maybe half qualified for to get Mm -hmm. in front of the client. You do a discovery call with them and they say, oh, you know what? This project was too big. I'm going to break it into pieces. And I think you'd be great for this piece. Yes. That wouldn't have happened if you didn't go, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm like, I'm going to apply for this. So there's, it's very low risk. The worst thing that happens is they never message you. The next worst thing is they say, no, you're not a good fit. But getting on a discovery call then allows you to like practice pitching yourself and asking great questions. And the more FaceTime you get with potential clients, the more you hear what's bothering them, what they're struggling with, what they need help with. It's only going to make you better with the next one. It's kind of like interviewing for jobs, right? You want to get through a few of them before you get to that juicy one. Yeah. Yeah. And you just hear people start starting to say the same things and you're like, oh, wait, every, like everyone has this problem and I can solve it. It, give, it gets you out of that imposter syndrome. Yeah. I'll give you another benefit of Upwork. There are going to be hundreds of maybe thousands, which maybe you guys don't want to hear, podcast managers on there. Mm-hmm. Free managers. Okay. So you're not going to be the first one and you're not a unicorn. But what's great is you have got one platform to go research all of your competitors, if you want to even call them that. Wow, mm-hmm. what does their profile look like? What are they saying? How are they saying it? What is their portfolio? Wow, that's a great idea. Oh, I could do that online. Like it is an open platform to see what other people are doing. The second is you have a continuous feed of people posting jobs. If you're not reading through those going, oh my God, they keep using this word. This is what they're looking for. Mm. Oh, this is how they're describing it. I better use that language in my profile or my thing. So it's all contained. It's this really beautiful ecosystem where if you're paying attention and you're strategic, you can go, man, I keep seeing this come up. That would be a really great kind of area for me to get into. Or these people are killing it. I want to emulate what they're doing in my own way. So you have all of that on one place. Yeah. And then you're like you said, like this ecosystem, you're also just like in front of all these people that want to hire. And and, and, you know, when we go on Instagram or wherever, it's like I I hear that, oh, you know, where are the people where it's like, well, you're not going to run into that on Upwork (laughs) because it's a feed of the people. Yes. And so it's it's got its own things that you need to get good at. Right. But but you're not going to like wonder, like, is anyone hiring? You're not going to like <laughs> give in to all of those like no one's hiring nowadays or nobody has money or whatever. It's like, no, nope, no. I, I can actually see people are hiring. I uh, I'm working with this guy who is using AI to automate 
he basically scrapes uh, Upwork for me for copywriting gigs. So in my Slack channel, every day, all day, I get pinged with the juiciest job postings for copywriters mm. from Upwork. So as much as I don't have to get on the platform and go hunt, they just come to me and I'll read through. I'm like, woo, and I'll click. And then I go, oh, no, no, no. Oh, that one's good. So you can even get more sophisticated and have it come to you rather than going on and just like searching. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that after my second year, I had enough traction in business that all of my clients came through invitations. Mm-hmm. So I no longer had to apply to a job. They were inviting me to the job. Now, yes, I had to like send my cover letter and, you know, still get on discovery calls, but it changes when they want you. When they come and found you, they looked at your stuff and they invited you to the job. You can charge more. There's just a, a different dynamic, a power dynamic. So when when you see some of these top Upwork people and they're like saying, oh, it's so easy. It's because all day long, their inbox is full of people who want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, my gosh. <laughs> you can get there. Yeah. But you yeah. got to do the work to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one thing you can ask uh, yourselves right now that the, when you're listening is, like, do I want to get there? Do I want to put in, like, is it worth it to me? Two years. Is it worth Two yeah. years, right? Of like, um, when I show my numbers, I, I do a um, an Upwork masterclass. I have a lot, by the way, I have a lot of free training just to, for people who want to like, see if it's a good fit. You're going to hear a lot of the same stuff I'm saying now. I'm one to be like, hey, don't pursue this if, you know, if you're not willing to put in 20 applications a week. You're like, oh, that's too much for me. I'm like, that's fine. Just Go somewhere mm-hmm. else, whatever, um, to do the numbers game. But so many of us think short term. And I think the short term is one, I need money. And two, I want to know if this is for me. So I got mm-hmm. I got to get good. I got to get results. And then I'll go, okay, I'm going to do this. Yes. <gasps> you got to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm doing this. And know that, hey, we're going to be around probably working for another 30, 40, 50 years. Like, are you willing to put in the work the first year so that the next years things run smoother, they run easier, things come to you instead of you having to chase them all the time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds good to me, right? <laughs> in hindsight, yeah, right. Yeah. In hindsight, I look at it and I go, "Wow, I think I've earned maybe one one point four, one point five million in revenue over the last four and a half years." People are like, oh my God, they hear the 1.4, but they don't hear the four years. I'm like, oh, we'll divide that out. And then, you know, if I also share like how many discovery calls, how many proposals, and they're like 10,000 like proposals. I'm like, listen, do you want 1.4 million? Yeah. Yeah. Are you willing to put in 10? If I told you what it would take, would you do it? So that's where I think people have to really be like real with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa, this has been so amazing. I, this has just been so good. I'm so glad that you were able to come on. Now, you said you have a lot of free trainings. Yeah. If, you know, knowing knowing podcast managers, what's like the one that you would recommend for them to to go watch or go listen to after this interview? Okay. So a lot of my trainings, I again, I, I'm really upfront. I don't, I don't really like to work with people who are either like brand new to freelancing and think Upwork is going to be their, their, their solution. It just isn't. Like if, you, if, you, if you're not clear on what you do, you're not going to find good luck on the platform because you got to be crystal clear. It's really important that you have good like targeting and writing and keywords. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
we'll, we'll filter out a lot of those people first. But if you know how to get clients, but now you want to like a steady stream of leads. If you're like, I wish I could get in front of 20 people a month. I know I could land two or three. I'm like, wow. Okay. You got to go where the leads are. Then um, one of the trainings I have is like how to build, um, a, how to create a profile that stands out on Upwork. Mm. So it's going to be very focused on Upwork, right? Meaning like it'll show you the pros and the cons of it and what it would look like. And, and and I think a lot of people will benefit whether it's on Upwork or on LinkedIn or even their own website. This is what clients look for. This is how mm-hmm. to sell yourself. I don't like to say, oh, I teach sales, but I really do teach how to position and pitch yourself as a freelancer. And that's the type of training. Yeah, awesome. We also have a community um, that I'm really proud of. There's about 6,000 of us in there, super engaged. I have eyeballed every single person that's in there, meaning I have vetted them. There are podcast managers in there. It's a great place to network too. If you're like, well, I don't do editing, so I need to find an editor or I need to find a copywriter or I need to find somebody that does blah, blah. It's a great place to find that community because we all have the same mindset around abundance and working for ourselves and thriving businesses and things. So, Yeah, awesome. I'll make sure to include the link to the community in the show notes and then also that training. And then ever also people can just go and, and look and see see what else they want to engage in. And this has been, again, so good. I think it's so refreshing to hear your take on Upwork and just also like getting back to this, like all of these like great pieces of, you know, how we should position ourselves and the fact that like, you know, clients want us, yes. want us in the owner's see, you know, so thank you so much for sharing that with us. You're welcome. It's been a joy. I love talking about things that really help people wake up to potential and possibility. And a lot of times Mm. people get hopeless or they feel like they've tried everything and then something new comes along and whether you pursue it or not, just that, that there is more out there that maybe our limited thinking is kind of keeping us small and that there's, there is a way to really build something you're proud of. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're welcome. Nice talking to you. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.